Well, good morning and welcome today. This is a little bit different day today, so I'll just like walk you through um, what's going to take place. But um, one of the things that we wanted to do as a church is we wanted to spend some concerted time praying together for uh, just some of the upcoming things that are happening within the life of the church. One of those things is that the church is, is uh, in the process of seeking a new lead pastor and during that time, we wanted to take some time as a church to actually pray together for our search committee folks, that God continues to give them wisdom and direction in the process, a clearer understanding together, uh, also to be praying for a potential candidate person to fill that position, and for their family as well, that God leads and directs and guides them in the process, as well as for all of us that are a part of Hope Covenant Church, that we would be really given to the task of seeking God through this time so that uh, God will really be speaking to us, preparing our hearts during the time as well as we give ourselves over to God's direction and hearing His voice in that process. So uh, after I speak today, there's going to be a, a time of prayer for all of us to, uh, to do that. And so we're going to be led uh, in that in just a couple of moments. And so that's, that's one of the things. The other thing they said to me was, when you're talking today, be short. So uh, anyway, so I'll be, try to be a little more concise in speaking today, but anyway. Um, but we're in a series in the Psalms, and kind of, uh, kind of spending our summer in the Psalms, and we've, uh, we've gone through a couple of different Psalms, Psalm 1, Psalm 8. Today we land in Psalm 27, which happens to be my very favorite Psalm, and, and it's going to lead us and guide us into um, some wonderful areas of trusting in God and gaining confidence in Him. Now, maybe you've heard this in your past. Maybe you've heard people say this phrase. Maybe you've used it. Maybe you've said it to yourself at points. But perhaps you've had uh, people say it to you. But it's this phrase. What you need is more faith. You need more faith. You need more faith. You just need to have more faith. Whether you've said that to someone or people have said that to you or you've been in a situation where people were saying that about that particular situation. Some speak of faith as if it were something that we could produce. Instead of helping people, it drives them into kind of a, a room filled with self-incrimination. And oftentimes we put ourselves and other people under tremendous pressure by demanding that we should have more faith. Lack of faith is used um, uh, as an explanation for why people have problems and why their problems aren't solved or broken relationships and why they're not healed or by demanding that we should have more faith in the process. That sickness that people face and why it isn't healed or why it persists. I meet with people all the time who are kind of suffering because of that kind of thinking. You just need to have more faith kind of thinking. When problems persist, there seems to be one explanation, that they don't have enough faith. Let me read a few passages of, passages of Scripture that speak about faith. From Hebrews 11.6, we read this, And without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. From James 2.7, So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. 
from Romans 10.17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. From Matthew 14, we read this. Matthew 14.30 and 31, speaking about Peter on the water. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me! And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? From 1 Thessalonians 1, 2, and 3, we give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. And then lastly from Hebrews 11.1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So what is faith all about? Well, when we read through those verses, one of the things that comes through over and over again as central to all of them is the connection of faith to God. We don't have faith apart from God. Faith is something that God designs for us to have. Faith is a gift for us who believe in God. Many of us have been raised with the idea that faith is something that we must produce before God will actually act. Therefore, if He does not act immediately, um, we diagnose the difficulty as our lack of faith. One pastor wrote this on faith. The Bible is clear that faith is a gift, not something we produce. Faith is a gift from God to us. The quality of our faith is not what prompts God to act. Faith is the outer manifestation of an inner heart in communion with God. Who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want a strong faith with God? Who wouldn't want the ability to have confidence in God? Who wouldn't want to be able to stand strong in the adversities of life and the things that we run into? Who wouldn't want the ability to do that in a strong, faithful way? Because God is with us and God is for us. Who wouldn't want God to be actively participating in what we encounter in life? That's what most all of us would want. I read this. Our quest for faith is often a substitute for communion with Christ. You and I don't need more faith. We need more of God. That's what those verses on faith would also point us to. Faith is our connection to the living, active, powerful God. It is God's Word spoken into life. It is the activity in response to God where God produces faith in us as we live out that faith. It is when we move out in faith with God that we trust in Him. Our faith grows stronger. God is with us. Well, Psalm 27 teaches us what to do when we face uh, problems, circumstances that may be overwhelming, concerns for us that are larger than who we are. It is, as I said, my favorite psalm. So if you're following along at this time, you might pull out your notes this morning and I will kind of go through those 
And I've got several points for us to make sure we don't miss when it comes to this particular psalm. So if you're following along with your notes today, the very first one is this. What the psalmist thought. What was the thinking that was going on in the psalmist's head? What was he processing? What was that all about? He thought more about God than he thought about his problems. That's one of the first things we see in this psalm. He thought more about God than his problems. That's hard for us to do. We get sidetracked really quickly on, bam, we've run into a problem. Proverbs 23.7 says this, As a person thinks in his heart, so is he, or so is she. As a person thinks in their heart, so is she, so is he. When a person thinks about God, and what a person thinks about God will often determine what he or she does about the problem that they're facing. We are tempted to become so much more focused on our problems and we miss the power of God that He wants to provide for us in those problems and situations. We cry out at times, what am I going to do? Instead of, what is God able to do? That's the heart that cries out to God and puts God in front of the problem. God, what are you able to do that's beyond me? Just like Anthony shared a moment ago with Moses. What is God able to do? The psalmist first thought about God and his need for him. His thoughts were focused on God's guidance, God's direction and purpose, his deliverance, his strength, and his protection. The psalm says this from the very get-go. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I love that. I love to live into that thought. I have to remind myself time and time again of what's going on there. That it's God that's my light and my salvation. It's He the one that opens up pathways for vision. It's He the one that makes things clear when I'm befuddled and don't understand. It's in Him that I find salvation and hope. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Nothing can shake God. My life, when it's encountered and connected to God, it is a place of stronghold. The Psalms teaches that God sets us on a rock when we're faithful to Him. He is the rock we stand on. Whom shall I be afraid of? The psalmist had many things to be afraid of. He had people encamped about him, enemy groups, adversaries that wanted to bring him down, do away with his life, snuff him out. He had plenty of concerns and issues and problems to deal with in his life, and yet he said, I'm going to trust in God. I know that the Lord is the one where I find salvation and hope. Whom shall I fear? Here's the second piece. What the psalmist said. It's often very difficult for us to say what the psalmist said. The psalmist said, my heart shall not fear. When we encounter things, we don't always go there right away. We try all kinds of solutions on our own. Yet, the psalmist said, my heart shall not fear. In the midst of this stuff, I know where I am with God. He remembered what God had previously done in his life. He was well aware of that what God had taught him. In his problems, he, his confidence led him 
to have one dominant desire. And here it is. His heart longed to be with God. One thing, listen to this, here it is. One thing I ask from the Lord, one thing I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord. And to worship Him or seek Him in His temple. One thing is what he said. One thing that I desire, one thing that I'm pressing for, one thing that I'm confident of, that I want to be in the presence of God, whether it's in the temple, whether it's in your home, whatever it is, that's the heart's desire of the psalmist, to get it. To go, my heart's desire, one thing, is to be in the presence of God. That's what he's after. Problems often drive us away from God. It, they raise questions for us. Ever had that happen in your life where a problem drove you away from God? All of a sudden you were more concerned with your solutions and how to answer that question that you were dealing with or how to deal with that particular circumstance and you realized, well, wait a minute, I've just dropped God out of the whole equation. We try to do things on our own. Yet the solution is this. The answer, what the psalm reveals to us in the midst of our perplexities is that we meditate or that we seek God. Sounds easy, but sometimes we don't do that. It's God who actually leads us along that path to seeking Him, to, desire, to desiring Him. That's what it means to seek, to desire. That's the key. Are you and I people who are seeking God when we encounter the challenges of life? Is He the one we're seeking? Here's the third thing. What God said to the psalmist. What did the Lord say to the psalmist? If there's one statement that God, God always makes when we come to Him with our problems, there is a thing that He says. He doesn't always give us a solution immediately, does He? He doesn't. Nor does He check us out to make sure that we have enough faith. He doesn't do that. We usually are battered and beat up when we come to God with some of our concerns. They're overwhelming to us. We're not sure how to handle them. Yet this is the one thing that God says. This is His admonition to us. Seek my face. Verse 8. Seek my face. That's God's admonition. It is a great admonition. It is direct. It's clear. It's simple. It's easy. It's look to me in whatever you're facing. My heart says of you, seek His face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Verse 8. In Hebrew, there is a single word for both these terms. To seek is also the word for God's presence. There's no better admonition, no better solution for our problems and concerns. Seek me, God says, in me. It is in me that you will find your comfort, your protection. It is in me that you'll find answers for the situations. It is in me that you'll find safety, security, solutions, guidance, hope for your path in life. The more we seek God, the more we can face our problems and concerns. They're not overwhelming. We're beginning to learn to trust God before we trust in our own solutions. It is why we have encouraged us as a church to be people who are seeking God at this time. Over the last few weeks and in the weeks and months ahead, 
as we look forward. It's why we've uh, really challenged us as a church in the last few days, if you can, to be fasting yesterday and today or down the road. To be fasting. To allow yourself to completely focus on what God is going to do here at Hope Covenant Church. For us to seek Him with a desire to hear and listen to Him. To watch Him unfold our future. And when we fast, it's we give up certain things in order to take that energy and place it in another direction. If you're doing fasting, you know that you give up, maybe you give up food or whatever, and you give those things up in order to replace them and have them replenished by the desire to seek God in their place. So when you're hungry, you turn to God rather than food to substantiate that hunger. You, you replace one hunger with another. You hunger for God. And some of you are doing that fast, and, and I get that. That's challenging, but the idea, whether you're fasting or not, is to pray and be seeking God. Because when we do that, we know that God is right there with us. He hears us when we allow ourselves to do that. Hmm. Yesterday morning, God woke me up about 2.30 in the morning. I tend to look at those things like God woke me up. It's a lot better than like, what is going on? So I just turn that around and go, God, you woke me up for a purpose. And when that happens, I get out of bed. I, I find a place where I can kneel down and I just pray. I just listen. and I had no idea what was up. And so I just knelt down in the middle of the night, knelt down, and I opened myself up and said, I don't know what you want to do, God. I don't know what you're going to say, but I'm right here. You seem to have woken me up for some purpose. And what was amazing to me was I wasn't expecting this at all, but God began to speak some things into my life. I just was available to Him, and He began to talk about future things, and He began to talk about leadership things, and He began to give me confirmation and give me confidence about some areas. I wasn't asking for that. I, I normally do, but at that point I wasn't. I was just being available, and God started surprising me with things, and I came away from that going, wow, this was just amazing what God was doing right then. And when, when God speaks to us like that, it's like, be available to allow God to do that. It may not be in the middle of the night, but whenever it, God does those things, it's just being available to God. Being open to allow God to speak into your life. When we seek God, He'll start doing that. The more we are seeking God, the more we're going to find that. Today in our service following the talk, there's going to be an opportunity for us as a corporate group to seek Him. And Lily is going to come in a little bit, and she's going to lead us in that time. It's going to be awesome. It was in the first service. A time for us to seek God and be open before Him. What we're seeking after, as I said, is just praying for our search committee, praying for their corporate wisdom, their understanding, guiding them to think through issues. Also praying for the process, praying for the person, the potential candidate, and for their family. Praying for us as a church that we would be open, we would be a seeking church. So we'll do that in just a couple of moments. Here's the fourth thing. What the psalmist told himself. I love this part. It says, I, I remain confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take heart. And wait for the Lord. These are words of kind of the inner gift of faith and action. I love them. 
I remain confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I've memorized that part. Because I have to be reminded that I want to see the goodness of God in my lifetime. I want to see the goodness of God and experience it now. Not just in the future, but what is God doing now? I want to watch God at work now. I want to be a part of what God's doing in the land of the living. That's you and that's me. It's not that God doesn't have great things in store down the road, but right now, I want to experience the goodness of God. And I believe that that's what God wants us to experience as a church, as people who have faith in Him. It's what builds confidence when we see God's goodness at work in us, right here and now in the land of the living. The Apostle Paul in Romans 5 writes this about faith. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame, or hope does not disappoint, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. That's all about Jesus. When we talk about faith, it's all about Jesus. It's about being justified through what Christ has done on, behalf, on our behalf. That brings faith into, into alignment with who we are. It's about Jesus that brings access to God through faith. It's about Jesus standing us firm in a place and in a strong foundation. It is about Jesus who leads us even in sufferings to develop our character so that our character and perseverance, we have hope. Because our hope isn't in this situation or suffering. Our hope is in a God beyond those sufferings. It's all about Jesus. Faith is all about Jesus. It's all about the relationship we have with the living Lord Jesus Christ. Don't you believe that He has the very best intentions for you and for this place? I do. I'm not perfect. We're not perfect. That's not the point. The point is who do we trust in? Who do we seek after? Who do we gain confidence in God with? but through the person of Jesus. Faith makes us right with God and makes us capable of facing our problems. Gives us staying power. It is, it is not ours to self-manufacture. We don't self-manufacture faith. I love what the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. We don't self-manufacture faith. It is the gift of God. And with that gift of faith in our lives, we can face whatever challenges come our way, can't we? We recognize that in adverse situations, we can have confidence because of the one who walks into those with us. Standing firm in Christ will produce perseverance, and that perseverance leads to courageous people. Courageous people of faith. 
I love how this psalm draws to a conclusion. Wait for the Lord. Be strong, take heart, and wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Why don't you say that with me? Wait for the Lord. Let's say it together. Wait for the Lord. A little bit stronger. Wait for the Lord. Now you guys over here, you got this part. Be strong. Be strong. Come on. Be strong. Come on. Be strong. Be strong. Take heart. Come on. Take heart. Take heart. Take heart. All right. And together, wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. One more time. Wait for the Lord. Okay, so when I'm like this, it's like, wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take heart. Wait for the Lord. All right, stand up. Here we go. You got it. You got it. Ready? Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take heart. Wait for the Lord. Let's do it one more time from our heart. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take heart. Wait for the Lord. Let's pray. God, thank you that we can be strong and take heart because we will wait on you. Help us, God, as we wait on you, which means we seek you. We seek your face. We seek your wisdom, your guidance for the future, not only of the church, but in our lives. Maybe there are areas today where you are just without heart where you're not strong, where you feel weakened by things that have gotten in your way, and you need to know that God is with you today. And God is saying those words into you right this very moment. Be strong, my friend. I'm with you. Take heart, I'll lift you up and make you strong right now, my friend. Don't worry, I'm with you. Seek my face. Seek me, not the problem. Just wait on me. That's what God says to us today. As we come to this time of prayer in just a moment, let's have people whose hearts are open, who are seeking diligently, and know that God gives us heart and strength when we do. In Jesus. Amen.